This is How to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. On today's show, we'll tell you how to handle that whale that just washed up on your beach. And we'll tell you what you should be terrified of this week. But first... Hey, Adrian. What can we help you with? So I'm calling because I am about to graduate with my PhD, and I am wondering how to introduce myself once I have my degree. Ah. So I don't really want to call myself a doctor because I don't know how to solve any actual medical problems. Um, and I also don't really want to sound pretentious. I think it sounds kind of, uh, kind of pretentious to say Dr. Down or, or Dr. Adrian or, you know, something like that. Can I ask what, what's your uh, PhD in? Yeah. So my PhD, I study methane, which is a really, uh, fantastically interesting molecule. That, that's the level of specialization that we're at. A, A man can focus just on one molecule for his career? On, on, not only that, on manholes mostly. So I basically study manholes and a um, little bit of sewage treatment plants, but I like to try to keep it mostly to manholes. Okay. Wait, so you're like, so if a cow burps, that's, yes. you're right there. You're on it. I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. That's my thing, you know? What about Dr. Methane? I can't say that I'm, you know, I, I guess I could do that. Uh, it, Introducing yourself as Dr. Methane, I don't know if it's uh, going to help job prospects. They might think you're uh, a little a little weird. Yeah, yeah, you could just burp at people. That's true. Well, let, let's actually, let, what we should do here, I think, is is back up this conversation. We'll pretend like we're just getting on the line with you, and we can try out a few few different ones and, and get a sense for how they sound. Sounds good. So uh, what can we help you with? Well, my name is Dr. Methane. And uh, That's I'm not curious. Work. No. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. H- Hello there. Hey, this is the methane guy. Nope. That's weird. Hey there. Hey, this is Adrian Down, PhD. Oh. If you could embody that, if you really just went for it, mm-hmm. I think you could succeed. I think, yeah, you know, I think you just, you got to kind of own it. Yep. You got to kind of be the PhD. Hey, who's this? This is Dr. Down. It, huh. It's, it. I mean, it. It sort of sounds like you're in a funk band. Yeah, you know that might not be a bad thing. I am looking for jobs after graduating, so maybe that's my next career. You know what? Let's hear what it sounds like if you if you introduce yourself that way, and we put a sweet bass riff behind it. All right, sounds good. So, hey, hey, who's this? This is Doctor Down. I think that works. All right. I think so too, I like I, it. Yeah. it. As ridiculous as that is, that that might be a, a good kind of test. Is what music would accompany each of these names? That's true. You That's know? true. I think Doctor Down comes off pretty well, but uh, you know, like Doctor Methane. I don't. I don't think the music there sounds very good. Yeah. No. Let's hear the PhD one more time. We'll we'll put some music for that too. All right. This is Adrian Down, PhD. Well, nothing's perfect, but we're, we'll we'll see what we can find out for you. Sounds good. Thanks very much. Thanks, Adrian. PhD. Mm-hmm. You know, we we know a PhD who never mentions the fact he's a PhD. I'm David Kestenbaum, a correspondent for National Public Radio. PhD. Is that what you want me to add at the end there? Well, how often do you do that? I guess never. Really. Yeah, I basically tried not to say it. 
you know. Well, that's not, I mean, it's not an easy thing to get a PhD. When you first got it, did you at least experiment with Dr. Kestenbaum? I think when I got it, you know, and I was like in my mid-20s, like, yeah, it was exciting. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get all my mail addressed to Dr. Kestenbaum, you know, whenever I write my name down. Or I'm going to get my driver's license. Or when I, when I get an airplane flight, like I'll book it for Dr. Kestenbaum so they can say, Dr. Kestenbaum, could you please approach the ticketing agent? You know, like, like yeah. that. But I, I think I did it once or twice. And there's always the danger that you're going to get confused with a real doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's a medical emergency. Yeah. Is there a doctor on the plane? Yes, but in physics well you could explain the 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 act of flight for the people who are on board the plane with you right a particle physics phd is not that useful in a day-to-day setting so even among non-medical doctorates it's even among those it's one of the least practical (laughs) oh yeah I'll tell you the one time i do uh i do say it sometimes it's when i'm interviewing someone and uh, it's an area I don't know anything about, and I'm trying to just get across that I'm a generally smart guy. Right. And, like, I, I would never say I have a Ph.D. in physics. That just sounds so stupid. But I would say I would say I went to grad school in physics or something like that. So well, it's useful in that way. But my, my colleagues here at work make fun of me because sometimes they would hear me say it on the phone, and they're like, oh, <laughs> did you tell them you had a Ph.D.? Yeah. <laughs> I get mocked. So let me ask you this, too. I mean, you just said that you'll say I went to grad school in in physics or or whatever your phd is is from harvard right yeah in what situation is it appropriate to mention that you went to harvard if you went to harvard do you know the joke how do you know someone went to harvard because they tell you (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you you kind of i think i i'm guessing you kind of studiously avoided it just now yeah I'm one for short introductions. I mean, look, you guys are first name people, right? Mm-hmm. David is fine. <laughs> okay. You know? Well, so, okay, so we have this situation. Our caller is Adrian Down. He's about to get his PhD. He wants to know what he should do. Should he be Dr. Adrian Down or Adrian Down, PhD? Dr. Down is another option. <laughs> you could put it on a business card, right? Comma, PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, one one of the things that Adrian has considered is going by the name Dr. Methane. What do you think about that? <laughs> I I like anything that makes it that tries to make it funny. Yeah. Just own it, you know? Yeah. Hey, you spent five years not earning any money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, it's all yeah. you've got, I you, guess. Yeah. Yeah. So so you heard uh what we did with, with Dr. Down, uh with you know, the music accompaniment. Um yeah. If, if we'd be happy to do the same for you if you want to, uh, you know, tell us what you want and, and say your name and we'll we'll play you out with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're at, I need to know what kind of music I want under it. Well, we, uh, yeah, you, you should choose. Otherwise, it's it's going to be can I, can I just shorten it to like Dr. Baum or something? Oh, OK. Justin Baum is kind of long. Yeah. Dr. K-Bomb. How about that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Could you use Dr. K-Bomb? Yes. Yeah. Dr. David K-Bomb. You know, we uh, just to get a sense for how the Ph.D. introduction might work, uh, let's send intern Seth uh, out into the world. So uh, what's your name? Dobbs. Dobbs, it's nice to meet you. What's yours? Um, I am Dr. Seth Kelly, and I'm out here on the pier just talking to some people. What are you up to today? 
I'm about six foot, six one when I feel tall. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Um, any big plans? You, it seems like you have a lot of friends behind you. I do, I do. This is our uh, class. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Lovely. Um, do you remember how I introduced myself? Do you remember when I said I'm Dr. Seth Kelly? Did you yeah, catch that? I did. Did that sound natural or was that like kind of weird? No, that was pretty good. Good job. That buddy. was oh, awesome. Thank you. No matter what kind of degree you have, maybe you're not a doctor, maybe you're a dentist or a firefighter. Whatever you need, we're here to help. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. Every once in a while, you'll read about whales washing up on shore on a beach somewhere. All, all the time if you read the whale blogs. Well, how do you deal with that? Mayor Peter Fenwick of Cape St. George in Canada had this problem. So, uh, Mayor Fenwick, can you tell us about the whale that washed up on, on your beach? The one that actually washed up on our beach was a, was a sperm whale which uh, is a deep-diving whale that we've rarely, rarely seen here before, but it washed up there about a week or ten days ago. And uh, uh, the irony was uh, we tried to sell it, <laughs> couldn't sell it. And uh, this last weekend uh, we got a strong westerly wind and some high tide, and it washed it off the beach, and we don't know where it went now. <laughs> so uh, it's gone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Our problem solved itself. <laughs> Wait, so, so you tried to sell it? Yeah, we, we listed it on eBay, and uh, we actually were up over $2,000 on it. Uh, the proviso, of course, was because uh, we started selling it at $0.99, cents, okay. uh, and the proviso was that people would have to take it away within a month because it would start to decompose badly, and it starts to smell, and it attracts flies, and so on. Uh, but after we put it on eBay, we got a call from the Federal Department of the Environment telling us that we were violating the Endangered Species Act, which has sperm whales listed somewhere. And on that basis, you're not allowed to even try to sell it, let alone sell it. The people that were, were bidding on it, what what do you think they were going to do with it? My guess is that uh, they would have wanted to haul it away, uh, uh, let the flesh decompose for a couple of years, try to get the smell out of it, and then probably get it articulated and mounted so that it could be used as a museum exhibit, which is what they're planning to do with uh, another uh, couple of whales that uh, came ashore far north of us here. Did you have any expectation, to, like, or what were you hoping to make on on this whale? Oh, we didn't. We we were we would have been happy to take the ninety nine cent bid if someone <laughs> would have taken the whale away. This may this may be a stupid question, but what what would have been the problem with just leaving it there? Um, the problem is that uh, if you've ever smelled rotting um, whale blubber, uh-huh. uh, you'll know exactly why there was a problem. With it, there. <laughs> it, it, is, it is probably the most rancid thing you can possibly smell. And if you do leave it there, um, the people in the, in the houses near it, who are our taxpayers, uh, would uh, be very upset about it. We actually talked to them ahead of time about whether we could do that. And the houses were close enough to it um, that they were really concerned if it did, if it did stay there. there. Now, there's a, a famous or infamous infamous incident uh, here in the United States. They had a, a sperm whale that had washed up on the beach, and they <laughs> filled it with they dynamite and blew it up. <laughs> yeah, I know. They, uh, they said there was, you know, a whale blubber and, and meat falling on everybody around there. I, I don't think that was a particularly elegant solution to the thing, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess I guess when you're desperate, you try anything, but that was that was not one of the things that we were looking at. <laughs>
Well, don't don't some of these uh, animals that wash ashore don't they also explode? No, they don't really explode. Uh, uh, that's a sort of a myth. Uh, what happens is as they decompose, uh, if the uh, if the if the stomach or the chest cavity has not been opened, uh, the gases that are produced in there tend to build up into a, a level of pressure, and then if you go and puncture that, then you'll see a, a stream of guts and gore come flying out. Uh, but that's that's a far away away from an explosion. But but that's what they mean when they say that the the whale exploded. Eh? That's still pretty gross. <laughs> Everything's well, a dead whale is a gross animal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were really not looking forward to having to dispose of it, and we were debating which way to do it. One of which was to dig a hole in the beach and just bury it there, and then come back a couple of years later to see what had happened to it. But huh. uh, luckily, the storm sort of uh, pushed it away, and it's now down the coast. And uh, God help the sound that gets it next. <laughs> Well, Mayor Fenwick, thank you so much for talking to us. No problem. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys, do you have a minute? Um, what's your name? Uh, Alex Hampo. Hi, Alex. Um, I am Seth Kelly, Ph.D. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, what are you guys up to today? Uh, we're just uh, kind of visiting Navy Pier. We're from out of town, and so we're just kind of looking around. Um, hey, do you remember how I introduced myself in the beginning? Yeah, that uh, you said your name and a PhD. I don't, I don't remember your name. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, did, did that sound like weird or cocky, or do you think there's like a better way that I could do that? Would it be better to say like Dr. Kelly or like Dr. Seth Kelly or is Seth Kelly PhD okay? Well, that's a little presumptuous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably just identifying yourself and saying what you wanted with us. Oh yeah. <laughs> We heard from Christy. Christy says she listens to How to Do Everything while grooming dogs in her mobile dog grooming van. Christy, these next 15 seconds are for you. Christy, you, uh, you missed the spot there. And it's important because that's a Dalmatian. And his spots are his calling card. I also wonder about the whole idea of the mobile grooming unit because... It's got to be hard to groom the dogs when they're sticking their heads out the window as you're driving along. You know what would be a real time saver, though? Hmm. Is a mobile grooming unit that just sort of dangled above you as you slept and did all your grooming and also mesmerized you and helped you fall asleep. I thought it was where you would cut, you'd trim the hair off of mobiles. These are all million-dollar ideas. You know, when, you, when you're thinking about the things you're afraid of, you, you think you have a good grasp on everything there is to worry about. But um, there, there's always one more thing. Greek yogurt. Albert, you got something we should be afraid of. What is it? Well, it's surgical fires. Surgical fires. They're a, yes, they're a, a phenomenon that occurs when uh, too much oxygen and the heat source come together during surgery and set something on fire. And that, that something is what? Well, it can be a variety of things. Most everything that's in the operating room is flammable to some extent, even parts of the patient. For example, oh. uh, all over our body we have a very fine hair that's very, very blonde. Uh, unless you shave it off, it's there on your arms, legs, chest, but 
feet. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere. And that fine hair, if there's enough oxygen around, can be ignited and start a fire that kind of spreads like a forest fire. Really? Wait, Wherever what? there's, I, it kind of spreads like a forest fire wherever there's a high oxygen concentration. We're, so, uh, we're talking about a patient in the middle of surgery ca- catching on fire. Yes. How how often does this happen? Well, it it seems to vary between maybe a hundred to six hundred. Currently, I think we're we're talking about two hundred and seventy per year in the United States. Whoa. Some of them can be very, very severe. Uh, Some of them can be very, very simple. And the surgeon pats out the fire and there's no need to report anything. So, Albert, thanks so much. And, you know, we've we've been giving everybody else a chance to uh, introduce themselves with some some music. Uh, Do you want to give that a try? Okay. I'm Albert DeRichmond. I'm a consulting engineer with Consulting Engineers and Scientists in Melbourne, Pennsylvania. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? I learned that, you know, as much as I'm afraid of getting a shot, what I really should be afraid of when I go to the doctor is catching on fire. I know, I think about the things that you might get surgery for, a bunion or an inflamed gallbladder. I don't know if that's actually a thing. But um, most of them are not as bad as catching on fire. Yeah. I mean, I think about this every time I go in to, to caramelize my warts. I learned that uh, eBay is not the place to, to sell your whale. Yeah, that's a tough... It's. There's not a lot of options there if you well, have the whale. It seems like more of a Craigslist thing. I bet if you looked on Craigslist right now, you could find uh, you could find some whales for sale, and some whales interested in a relationship. Yeah, check the casual encounters. But there's a lot of weird blowhole stuff. You know, really though, if that if you're posting a missed connection for a beached whale, me, thirty-something hipster wearing glasses, you, giant desiccated husk of a sperm whale. How to Do Everything is produced by Stephen Tobias with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Seth Kelly, PhD. Um, uh, what's your name? Alma. Alma, I'm uh, Dr. Kelly. It's nice to meet you. Um, what are you up to today? Nothing, just taking a view of Navy Pier here. It's such a beautiful day, isn't it? It's really nice outside, yes. Awesome. Um, so I, I have a quick question. Um, do you remember how I introduced myself? No, I don't. Okay, so I said, um, Dr. Kelly, did, did that sound good to you? Did that sound like... Yeah, I did. Special thanks to Justin Witte, our artist in residence. Also, thanks to Luke and Digifish Music. Send us your questions at howto at npr.org. Our website is howtodoeverything.org. I'm Mike Danforth. And I'm Ian Chillog. This is NPR. <laughs>